0: You're listening to The Collective Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.za. I ask us just to posture our hearts. You can have an expectation just to hear a, a word, or you can have an expectation for the Lord to pierce right into the very innermost part of your being today. And I just feel like the Lord's asking us for so much more in Him. He's wanting us to go that much deeper because He loves to be with us. And there's things and intentions and discussions that you're having in your heart that the Lord wants to speak into today. And so just to just posture your hearts to receive like the way tongues of fire fell at Pentecost and the Holy Spirit met with individuals and spoke into their lives and filled them just to have that expectation that the Father would do with that for you today. So today, I'm wanting, to, I'm wanting to speak on the power of our tongues, which is quite like funny because I didn't realize that we're not prepped, but the fact that Pentecost was today and the power of that tongue that fell on each person in that place today. But, um, yeah, so I want to talk about the power of our tongues, what we declare over our lives, and what we come into agreement with. Have you considered the the power of your tongue lately. Have you thought how powerful your tongue is and what you get to declare? I just, I had a, a situation this week where my son Jude came up to me with his drawing and said like, Dad, what do you think of my drawing? Are you proud of me, Dad? What an opportunity in that moment, the choice I have that will come out of my mouth to bring life and to build that little man up or to bring injury that he could carry with him for decades. as Some of you've had injuries that you've carried with decades because of something someone has said over you. What a beautiful opportunity for me just to say to him, oh my word boy, you are amazing, you are an artist, you know, and I didn't even have to blow smoke, you can see. (laughs) The quality, this, this little man's drawing, you know, of like, oh, I'm an artist. I do something else with Jude. He's running around and I stop him. I do it regularly and I, I ask him, I, I get him in front of me and I'm like, Jude, do you have any uh, idea how much joy you bring me? And he goes on and I'm like, stop him. No, Jude, do you have any idea how much joy you bring me? And then he's like <coughs> looking and stops and he's like, Really? Why? And I get to tell him. And I get to tell him all the things I love about him, and I can see this little man expand as I get to affirm him and tell him that you give me butterflies in my stomach. You bring me such joy. So have you considered the power of your words lately? You've heard the, the saying, words create worlds. You guys heard that? I don't know who coined that. Uh, Bethel. Our words create and our words shape things. Think of the word "let." Okay, that's in Genesis one, the first known word spoken by our Father. Let. Verse three, and God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Later on, "Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together." into one place and let the dry land appear and it was so and god said let the earth sprout vegetation plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed each according to its kind on earth and it was so he declared and then later on he says let us trinity let us make man in our image after our likeness I think if you look at the language from Genesis 1 that he uses it's let us or let so and so or let us speaking then he calls he gives um identity and then he blesses these are all spoken words right let us God opened his mouth and said let us his words created His his words declared and confirmed the dream of his heart. Let us, which is us. The dream of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit made in his image. And then he called, he gave identity. Words shape things. They give us identity. Verse 5, it says, God called the light day and he called the darkness night. Those things gave them identity. Identity. And he called the expanse heaven. And then it goes on to say, then he blessed. Words give power. His words give empowering grace for us to carry out the assignments he's given us. In his words, they living and active. It says, and God blessed them. He blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And the big deal here in that scripture is that we were made in his image. Right? So in a similar way, we get to create with our words because we've been made in his image. Shape our worlds. I was even prayed earlier. Um, We get to shape our worlds with our words. So if I think about when we decided to build a house, it started with words. Let us build a house, you know? I just think about when, G- when God said, the Trinity said, let us, I don't think it was like, let us create man in our image. I think it was more like a neen clap. Do you know, Janine's, <laughs> let us make that. That is the beginning process of creating, isn't it? Let us, build a house, and then there was a house. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I think we've learned the process of partnering with God. It doesn't just happen, right? But then we get to shape. We get to create with our words. Things that were not there are now there, right? Because we spoke. And then we get to shape What our world looks like around us we get to declare we get to say let us make that wall raw rough brick let us make the one in the kitchen rough painted brick let's make this wall smooth we get to shape our worlds around us with our with our voices and with our words now these are just physical examples of how we get to partner with the lord to create things around us right because we are called to create. It's in our DNA because we are made in His image. Just think about the, the power that is locked up in a word. There's this other thing I, I do with, with Jude, where and I'm picking on Jude today. I do this with my girls as well. But I say to them, I say to him, I'm like, you are my son forever. And he looks back at me and he says, you are my dad forever. You know, in that moment, those words, the power locked up in those words, it confirms Jews' belonging. It builds him up as a son, and his words back to me build me up as a dad. That we know no matter what, no one can take that away from us. I'm his dad forever, he is my son forever. Think about these words This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased and delighted, it says. It's Matthew 3.17 from the Amplified. The power locked up in those words. The affirmation, the approval, the announcement to the world of the Father God's Son and the affirmation he gives to, to the world. Or how about the ultimate world words? For me it's the ultimate words. When Jesus on the cross gives up his spirit and says, It is finished. Think about the power locked up in those words, it is finished, declaring an end of an era in that word, the end of separation between God and man, the climax of an an age-old plan, plan A, where man would be joined to God, and much, much, much more, just in a phrase, it is finished. I was walking at Emma on Monday morning and asking the Lord what I should preach about um, this weekend. And I felt like him say, preach on the power of your tongue, what we declare over our lives, and what we come into agreement with. And I was so encouraged because that evening I went to that uh, Ali Stevens Heaven at Work um, talk, and a guy by the name of Tommy Duschle was, sounds like Tommy Duschberg. I'm joking, eh? Um, he was speaking and he just confirmed through his testimony that this was the right thing for now for us to, to be talking about. Now, this is a man, he comes from Zimbabwe. He's a young entrepreneur and pastor in, um, in Zimbabwe. Okay? Now, here's a Zimbabwean <laughs> businessman and minister that goes all around the world inspiring and encouraging encouraging hope in business people. I mean, that's bizarre, right? If you've got any context of, are there any Zimbabweans here? You know, if you've got any context for what Zimbabwe is like, that a man goes around the world inspiring hope and courage and telling stories of what God's done in business, not only in ministry, but in his business, it's crazy. And um, I want to paint a picture of what Zim is like a place of absolute no hope. Now I looked at this the stat, I, you know Zimbabwe's gone through massive hyperinflation over the years, but this was just over it, where on the 14th of November 2008 the annual inflation rate peaked at 89.7 sextillion percent every day. Okay, Making Zimbabwe's 100 100 trillion dollar notes, worthless. Okay? Have you any idea what it must be like to do business in an environment like that? What it must be like to live in an environment like that? Now, in an environment like that, everybody's language, you can imagine how negative it is and what they're speaking out. Things were so bad, he said, that you would go and buy a loaf of bread can't remember the figure, say $10 billion for your loaf of bread, and you would run to the till, because if you didn't run to the till, by the time you got to the till, it would be $20 billion, you know, for that same loaf of bread. So they got super fit, he said, <laughs> because, they, you know, it's just this, this crazy environment, an environment where people couldn't feed their families, couldn't keep the lights on, had to spend four hours in queues, waiting for fuel if they could get fuel and so he comes into that environment as a, a young just finished studying wed, he's about to start this business where he had like lots of money from the U.S. he studied in the U.S. he's going to start this business and the U.S. company pulls the plug it says no um, I can't do business in a country like that now he's got nothing his dad's heads up a church in Zim He says I've got this our media department needs help I've got this camera and we've got this laptop, like can you help with the media department? Long story short, he starts a media business with a bunch of people who know nothing about media and in that environment of no hope, he says we are gonna have a different culture. We're gonna have a culture where we speak life and we speak hope and our media business is gonna be a media business that tells stories, stories of hope, people's stories, and it's going to inspire hope. And so they had a a, a rule amongst their team and their their staff where you weren't allowed to bring just problem speak. And so they coined this thing. is like something would be brought in. They're like, okay, we've got a problem here, but I know this is going to be good for us. Okay, Not just we've got a problem. There's a problem here, but it's going to be good for us because there's never a time where you cannot speak hope. And the Lord takes and uses all things that we go through and turns them for his good. And so out of that, jumping forward a bit, a listed company comes to him one day and says to him, apparently you guys do media, we've got this massive... um, investment that we're needing in our business. We've got this company from France that's coming over, and um, we need to put a presentation together. We need to do a um, an audio-visual presentation to wow them and get them to put money into our business, right? So we don't know who you guys are, but like, you know, we need you to do this. And so they spend weeks looking at this thing, starting off with corporate jargon, where there's just corporate jargon. There's no life in it. It's just Dead and you know, stale biscuits. They pray over it. The Lord gives them a picture for these people and their story, insight into what their story is. <clears throat> and they put this thing together for weeks. They finally present it on the day of the um, big presentation, midday, lunchtime. And they're excited because they've just like they've done this thing now, and they're gonna push play, and the people are gonna watch it, and they're gonna there's gonna be a tear and <laughs> There's going to just be such excitement and they're going to get an applause and, you know, well done, my boy. And they play this video and they push pause and they're waiting for the the affirmation. And the lady, I think it's a lady that heads up the company, says like, oh, my word, it was terrible. She's like, we've got our presentation this evening and what you've just put to me, it's terrible. This is the worst day of my life. Second worst day of my life. The first worst day of my life was when my son died. Oh boy. He got electrocuted to death. This is the second worst day of my life. You can imagine these poor chaps like totally gutted what they've just put their everything into. Like, oh my word, we've obviously missed it. Other guy says to him, it's like a movie. What, what's all these faces, you know? This is not a, a business thing. And, but they take it. They're like, okay, well, we've got no opportun- other option here. We have to, um, it's tonight. We don't have a backup plan here. We're going to take this thing. And they take this thing that night, and he gets a call from them later that evening from these guys saying, you won't believe it. The French guys cried. <laughs> and the French don't cry unless they're in love. <laughs> They cried and they've invested and they've given more. They just, it went down amazingly so. And they said to him, how do you know our story better than we know our story? And they kick-started, other listed companies started coming to them and saying, we heard what you did for so-and-so, can you do that for us? And the same story of like, of speaking life, of seeing the story in someone and speaking that out, as opposed to this country that's... It's rubbish. Now that climaxed, well I say climaxed, another amazing story that they had there was the the Zim government, new era Zim now, new administration, came to them and said we are rebranding Zim, won't you come and tell our story? And so they said they would be delighted and so they get invited to this this think-tank And the guys are like plotting, okay, what are we, what's our unique selling point? They say, no, maybe we should be the witch doctor capital of Africa because nobody owns that yet, you know? Maybe we should be the witch doctor. And this guy, Tommy's like, no, no, that's a bad idea, you know? And they're like, okay, you must tell the, the world that Zimbabwe is great and we've got gold and we've got diamonds and, you know, you must invest here. And he's like, no, I can't do that. But he goes away and he comes and he sees what God sees over Zim. And instead of witch doctor stuff, he gets them to write worship music that's disguised as African chanting, that's lifting up God. And that that campaign got broadcast over 9 million homes in Zim. This worship music and this campaign of God's life and God's love. Right now, that also the Zim guys. They're like, how do you know our story better than we know our story? We're the leadership of this country, and you see these things that we don't see. Massive success of this campaign going out over 9 million people. And all these hope stories were sparked because they were intentional with what came out of their mouths. In an atmosphere where there's just grumbling and justifiable grumbling, they were intentional with their team that sparked hope in a nation because they, they guarded their tongues. And the tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and the most dangerous part of our human body. It corrupts the entire body and is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. The Aramaic for that last line is a fire that passes through successive generations rolling on like wheels. That's how powerful the tongue is, and it can be used for good or for evil to create things that roll on for successive generations. That's James 3.6. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. The message puts it this way. It's Proverbs 18:21. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. Tommy had an opportunity in that economic environment to choose which fruit he wanted to eat of and speak out. Your loving words are like the honeycomb to me. Your tongue releases milk and honey. For I find the promised land flowing within you. Isn't that beautiful? From our tongues. We have milk and honey. We have the promised land flowing within us. And that's what we get to release. We get to declare hope into situations. Situations that don't look like the promised land. That don't look like heaven. The power of heaven and hell is held in the tongue. Death and life. So... What is coming out of our mouths? What do our conversations sound like? Would you hear the language that is coming out of your mouth? Would you hear that in heaven? It's a good litmus test. Words from our mouths. Do they sound like words from our father's mouth? I just can't do this anymore. Death. They always do this to me. Victim. Death. I never have enough lack death i'm just too exhausted to carry on they're not words you would hear from the father right so family let us start speaking life over ourselves over our families over our nation by now you know we're big on wholehearted living why because full whole hearts speak out life So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Proverbs 4.23 For what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. Matthew 12.34 Friends, we need to store up hearts full of the beautiful truths of Jesus. And that comes from the written from and the spoken word It comes from Scripture. And it comes from hearing the Father's voice. And this week, I, I came across this um, thing on Instagram. I saw Michelle liked it. I think it was you. <laughs> um, from Bill Johnson, he says read until you hear his voice. Right? Because when you hear his voice, Everything changes. It reforms you and then we get to speak out and shape the world around us. See, our words declare what we believe to be true in our hearts. That's how powerful your words are. They activate what we agree with and they can activate heaven or they can activate hell. They can activate life or they can activate death. Receive this truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be considered to be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you release on earth will be considered to be released in heaven. Matthew 18, 18. How powerful is that? Have you ever thought about how powerful Jesus has made you? When you read a scripture like that. The power that's locked up in your tongue. The power that's locked up with what you agree with. Just as I was preparing for this, I was reminded of Melissa Hulse's story where you know she's had a chronic illness for about 20 years. And she wake up, woke up one morning and she was just completely overwhelmed with hopelessness and overwhelmed with pain. And she's like, Lord, I need you to lift this from me. I can't take this anymore. I need you to lift this from me. You need to shift this. I can't take it. And the Lord said to her in that space of absolute brokenness and desperation. He said to her, I want you to sing your way out of this place. He said to her, I'm teaching you something about the power of your voice. What happens when you come into agreement with who I am inside of you. And you sing the song that I'm singing inside of you. Right. So in that place. Can you imagine what she's feeling? She's bowed over in that space. She writes that song that, you know, Catch the Wind. That is like an anthem of victory for other people who get to sing that. In that space, on the floor, she shouts out, I am strong and full of life. I am steadfast, no compromise. I lift my sails to the sky. I'm gonna catch the wind. I'm gonna catch the wind. I am bold, no fear inside. Spread my wings, open my life. Like an eagle whose home is the sky, I'm gonna catch the wind, I'm gonna catch the wind. Your faithfulness will never let me down. Declarations in her, in her struggle, in her brokenness. I'm confident I'll see your goodness now. I know you hear my heart, I'm singing, there's nothing that can stop your goodness now. Like standing on the edge of a mountainside, I can feel the wind stirring, lifting me up high. I was born into freedom, I was born to fly. How amazing are those words? And friends, many of us are facing contradictions right now. What contradiction are you facing right now in your walk? that you're struggling to make sense with? What prayers are you saying about what were you saying, Lord, I need you to shift this. I need you to shift this. What song is Jesus singing inside of you? Who is Jesus inside of you right now that you need to see and come into agreement with? Are you questioning and accusing him in this time, moaning and grumbling about that contradiction? Or in that place, are you singing out an anthem of truth? That song's been an anthem of truth that's gone around the world, a declaration of life. So what anthem of truth is he calling you to write and then to sing? Because no one else, no one else, not even Jesus, can sing your song. He puts the words in in us, he provides the way, he empowers, but we need to open our mouths and agree with what he's put inside of ourselves. And we need to sing that out. We need to activate heaven's potential with our stories, uh, with, with our declaration. You know, I um, journal in, uh, in the mornings, and I always finish my journaling with the Lord's voice about what I've taken to Him. Lord, what do you say about this? And He, he gives me things, and generally from there I'll go and I'll shower, and, yo, I've written some songs. <laughs> Sean, you'll be impressed. <laughs> and... It must be the Lord's grace or the acoustics of a shower environment, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm, tempted in a, I'm tempted only for a moment to audition, Sean. Um, but in those moments, you get to sing out words that he's spoken to you and what you're going through. You get to sing out and declare that. And words shape and create worlds. They fashion what happens around us, life or death. And so I've got a, um, I'm, I'm quite practical, and I want to, who's got the time? 22. 22. I'm quite practical, and I, I want to I challenge you for this next week to firstly just become aware <laughs> of what your language sounds like you'll be amazed at how we don't take our language seriously. We speak flippantly about things, thinking it's got no, no consequence, just little comments about ourselves, about others, about our situations, defeated, aggressive, passive-aggressive, whatever it might be. We do not take our language seriously and just become aware of it over the next week. <clears throat> and I want maybe just in, in, in two ways. One, maybe just around the dinner table. As you're having dinner with whoever, just ask, like, how's it been today? How what's your language been like? Just start to become aware. But probably more practically, is journal about it. And ask yourself in your journaling time, how have you been speaking about God today? Have you been accusing him? Or have you been declaring his goodness? How have you been speaking about yourself today? I am. I am this, I am that, oh, I'm so this, oh, I'm tired, I'm, 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 or are you singing things like Melissa, I am strong and full of life, I am steadfast, I am bold, I'm going to catch the wind, I was born into freedom. What I am's are you saying over yourself at the moment? And then what are you saying about others as well? And what are you saying over your breakthroughs? And so, I want to take some time out now. Um, can I ask you to grab those? Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.za.